Hi, I'm Lisa Gerard, Director of Scientific Communications at the Broad Institute, and today we're going to explore discoveries in genomics and biomedicine with the people making them. Can our activities shape our microbial mobile gene pool? What can they tell us about which genes are important in a genome? Those are questions that Eric Alm and Alana Brito have been asking. Eric is an institute member of the Broad Institute and a professor of bioengineering at MIT, as well as the co-director of the MIT Center for Microbiome Informatics and Therapeutics. Alana Brito was a postdoc in Eric's lab and is now starting her own lab at Cornell. Their research compares the movement of genetic material between organisms in the microbiomes of relatively urban North Americans with a very, very different population, the microbiomes of agrarian Fiji Islanders. But how did this all start? How did Alana end up in one of the most remote places in the world, in tiny communities, studying some of the smallest colonies of the smallest organisms? You could probably answer all that with one word, moxie. But I'll let Alana and Eric tell you more. When I got Alana on the phone, I asked her, why Fiji? The villages that I studied were on the, the second largest island in Fiji, but they're fairly remote. Um, and so there's like 100 or 150 people living in each village. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, I went with the idea that I would try to survey as many people as possible and then, and then get a sense of the transmission of uh, these organisms. I wanted to do a study where I would try and track organisms that move from place to place. So I thought the best way, place of doing this is in a place where all of your contacts are local contacts and you eat local water and food. So big cities, for example, are not the best places, you know, the best option for a study like that. You know, we come into contact with a lot of people. We, uh, we eat food from around the world. And then the other thing is that we use lots of hygiene products and we have lots of sanitation infrastructure. Um, we use lots of antibiotics and, and things like that that potentially could curtail the transmission of even, you know, endogenous microbes, even though the reason that those exist is to stop the transmission of pathogenic microbes. I thought, you know, potentially in a population where bacterial diseases are common, mm-hmm. that suggests that all these other, you know, barriers to transmission are not intact. Mm-hmm. And potentially in those places, you not only have the spread of pathogens, but potentially you have more spreading of these commensal microbes. And, you know, at the beginning, I wasn't sure how much people shared microbes to start with. And I still think that not a lot of that is known, even, you know, in the developing world context. So Alana had some pretty specific questions and some good points of comparison. But just how big a study would you need to answer these questions? Eric gives us a little context. So, so she was a grad student here at MIT. Started veering more into microbiome and, and, and designed this like this really huge study. And it was like right after the Human Microbiome uh, Project. It's like a hundred and forty million dollar project or something like that. You know, looking at three hundred people. And her idea was to go and do a similar size study, but where the HMP kind of uh, screened people, so they were like very typical, so typical that like yeah. most people were screened out. She was like. Well, if I got a few hundred people, you know, I could get, like, yeah. every single person in, you know, a few of these farming villages, and, and, and then it would capture everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and the HMP had real strict concerns on, like, privacy and things like that, and, and so they didn't collect a ton of metadata on people. Mm-hmm. And Alana's idea was, well, we'll go and we'll get the whole community and we'll collect all the metadata. Uh, of course, like, under IRB, and we'll keep it all private and things like that, but right. we'll get people's uh, family trees... Uh, she mapped out their social networks, uh, which is sort of like interesting yeah, in and of right. itself. 
figured out what meds they're on, uh, got GPS coordinates of their homes, got GPS right. coordinates of their drinking water supplies right. and samples of their drinking water and figured out who touches livestock and then got samples of those livestock and really captured kind of the, the human microbiome but also the reservoirs of, of microbes in the community. Alana had set herself a task bigger than the Human Microbiome Project, a pretty tall order for one researcher. Where did this massive undertaking even come from? It started as an idea of mine when I was, um, I had this fellowship at the Earth Institute at Columbia University, but at the time I, I didn't really have a lot of funding to do such a study, and so I kind of cobbled together all the resources that I could and took this kind of big risk and went there and collected samples. Uh, with the hope that when I got back, you know, I could convince someone to fund it. And at the time, I, I had just met Eric kind of on a whim. And I didn't, I don't even know what possessed me, but I wrote him an email out of nowhere and said, hey, you know, I have this interesting idea. And I knew he liked running, and I, I like running too. And so I was like, oh, why don't, and I knew he liked coffee. And so I was like, oh, why don't we go for a run and, and have a coffee, and um, I'll pitch this idea and, and see if if you're interested in collaborating or um, you know, what you think of it. We met at like 7 in the morning or something like that on a really cold winter day, and we ran around Central Park. And I pitched him my idea on the run, and then we had some, you know, breakfast or coffee afterwards. And uh, and he, he said, yeah, I like the idea. You know, I'd be willing to support you, and I, I, I'd be willing to maybe fund one lane of sequencing. Ilana had a huge question, a little interest, and maybe support for one lane of sequencing. But getting more support for the project wasn't easy, specifically because it was so big. Eric tells us more. She wrote a grant to NIH mm-hmm. for this crazy project, which is, you know, sort of on the scale of the Human Microbiome Project, right? And it was a grant for, like, one postdoc. And they said, well, you're crazy. You need to scope it way down and ask one specific question, something that, like, one person could, you know, hope to accomplish. So, of course, she got rejected. But Alana was undaunted. There was research to be done, so she just sort of went out and did it. I want to do this study. I'm really jazzed about it. Like, I need to make it happen. You know, and I kind of went to Fiji. I, I, most of it was on my own dime, and I was hoping at some point to get it refunded or, like, reimbursed somehow. Some of it was from my, like, I had a little bit left in my fellowship at Columbia University. Lots of researchers have to bootstrap their resources when asking new questions. But this project took not only logistical wizardry, but moxie. Eric lets us in on just how daring the project was. So instead of rewriting it, she flew out to Fiji on her personal credit card and got her mom like in the lab like filling out <laughs> uh, sample collection vials and, and doing logistics and things like that yeah. and actually like pulled it off. She came back with just like thousands of samples. Yeah. And I was like, well, I said I would pay for like 96, well, a plate of 69. Alana collects a lot of information in Fiji. Then she returns home and needs a place to process it all. Eric and the Broad lend a hand. And then I came back, and Eric was really great and let me kind of moonlight in his lab and, and process some samples. From a cold call and an even colder run around Central Park to one of the largest studies of the microbiome ever conducted, sometimes research takes a little bootstrapping and a lot of moxie, and getting your mom into the lab. Here at the Broad, there was some excess sequencing capacity at the, at the end of the year. I don't remember right. the exact details. The microbial group was looking for projects that fit with their mission and needed extra sequencing. So, so we applied and got like awarded something like 350K worth of, worth of sequencing, which was uh, 
which I think amounts to the largest metagenomic study to date. <laughs> so, so she went from sort of like nothing and, and like, oh, you can't do this project, it's too big, to, to actually having sort of like single-handedly pulled off the largest study to date. And so, so that's kind of the... You can read about the research that came out of this study in the journal Nature and explore more of the discoveries in genomics and biomedicine at broadinstitute.org. For The Broad, I'm Lisa Gerard. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.